Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we provide you with continuing education and minimal harassment about our favorite TV show, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're on the 20th episode in the series, Adult Education. 20 episodes. Wow. Yeah. Very exciting. That's awesome. I really like this one uh, because it's, it's got a very good feminist message, as per usual, with a lot of these issues, but really sets you know the tone for it like again this show just hitting all of these topics that are still relevant today 30 plus years later that haven't really been handled <laughs> very well by society or at least in in terms of uh, a lot of progress namely the fact that a flirtatious woman uh doesn't deserve to be harassed yeah it's it's wild because um this could be an arc today and it would be yes. incredibly relevant you wouldn't have to change anything about it right yeah. like that's kind of a bummer like we haven't even with all of the me too reckoning and things like that mm-hmm. i think it would be maybe more universally everyone would be on blanche's side which is right crazy that that was ever even an option but um you know sexual harassment at the workplace and certainly in schools like this i feel like you know like it's kind of a playful thing most of the time when it's like somebody's sleeping with their college professor. Right. Um, but, you know, that's not what goes on here, obviously. Oh, and it's an exchange, right? It's not It's not just harassment in general. It's definitely like a, it's quid a, pro a blackmail. Quo. Quid pro quo. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's, it's pretty wild, so... Yeah, I mean, so I guess maybe we should uh, back up a little bit and talk about the B story because it, oh, I yeah. love this one. I think that this <laughs> this B story is um, so funny, and I think it's another instance of the show really knowing how to balance this really heavy thing that Blanche is dealing with because it does a good job at not making light of it at all. Like, there's some right. they they the girls have some quips about it, but that the issue with professor cooper harassing blanche is never the joke um so the b story i think has to be full of opportunities to be funny and it and it is yes exactly but when they do make light of it um they like you said it's not the the sexual harassment itself isn't the joke uh necessarily although i i can think of actually two instances in which it's a little like questionable <laughs> in terms of like what the humor that they make of it but by and large the humor that is derived from it is against, you know, the perpetrator and again, you know, like all of the right sort of comedic recipes in terms of punching up and not punching down. Yeah, the ice cream scoops in an obscene way. <laughs> well, that, that's not what I was thinking of. I was more thinking of like, all right, well, let's save it for later in the episode. Let's let's talk about the B story as as you decide. Um, um, right. So they're trying to get Sinatra tickets, right? Like this is the whole thing that Dorothy has always wanted to see Frank Sinatra. And at one point, one of her kids ruined it. At another point, Sophia ruined it. So she's oh, yeah. never had this opportunity. Always thwarted. Always thwarted. <laughs> Which is relatable, you know, I feel like... It's very relatable. Especially with somebody like Frank Sinatra, or anybody, I I guess, but, like, that's a pretty rare tour opportunity. Um, Yes. And so, like, you would... And it's also so dated, but, like, again, such a um, terrible memory of when you had to go on, like, be on the phone to get tickets to a concert. Oh, my God. I literally was, like, having bad flashbacks, you know, where, like, (laughs) they keep her on hold, and it's insane, and it's like... But what's really funny about that is that like 
the scalper thing hasn't changed much. And in fact, might have been increased with the fact that you can buy tickets online and almost every single like online sale of tickets results in scalpers getting the best seats. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's really like that. That part is like the same, if not worse. Yeah. And, and like the desperation for when you realize that it's sold out, like there's a guy who literally prints tickets from like a mobile printer outside of Barclays Center. Like that is all holding true. Like nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, the part that is funny to me, it totally makes sense with Dorothy and of course, Sophia. And I mean, this demographic in general, but just to me, it, it cracks me up that like Rose is a Sinatra fan. Like, I feel like it's like, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> but like, I don't know, he's so connected with like a New York type of, you know, like these badasses in Vegas smoking cigars type of scene that she would just like think he was a little too much. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, but it does make sense. It does. And also like the um, strange connections that like sort of um, on that Sophia knows somebody who knows Tina Sinatra and, um, oh, yeah. and then there's that whole other thing. I think it's in a, Frank Caravici, <laughs> Tina Tortoni. <laughs> also by the way that whole conversation of how like they're just it's almost like a who's on first it totally reminds me of like a frustrating conversation with like a hard of hearing relative of mine (laughs) like Tina Tortoni no Tina Sinatra like it's just like of course this is what I'm saying how are you not following you know um anyway (laughs) yeah and it's I think it's an earlier one than this where um Sophia's talking about how she knows the woman who inspired the song the lady is a tramp and she's like "Mm -hmm, is it a tramp tramp. (laughs) yeah they're already they're already hitting really really good strides with the sophia connection thing we were did did we cover uh mama celeste yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so it's like it's hysterical anyway um so yeah so rose rose being a fan of him does not make sense but i think what does is her you know moral opposition to buying scalp tickets and when (laughs) like she has the realization that it's going to, you know, incriminate her. And then Dorothy calls her out for eating grapes in the supermarket. <laughs> One is testing. 14 is brunch. Oh, and, her, like, and she goes, good Lord, I'm a criminal. I know. So great. <laughs> it's so earnest. Like, it's perfect. You're just like calling out the fact that this goody two shoes is actually breaking the law and you know you know she that kept her up that night it's amazing it's yeah it's great um also on like the rose lines and all these funny things uh this is the first episode where she mentions saint olaf by name oh my god 20 which is pretty in. big deal 20 in and she's obviously as we've, we've covered you know she's told stories that lead in that direction she's also called herself from little falls which you know they, they quickly like ditch that storyline but this is saint olaf which is really awesome um and she just has she has so many just perfect rose innocent moments in this one like i really love the do you think bob hope got all those degrees without studying (laughs) and just the look that blanche gives dorothy is just she almost like is like a this i don't know she has this like sad look on her face like that is one of the sadder comments that rose has made (laughs) that we just can't really explain to her so we're just gonna let it slide yeah it's great and they um i think in the next one actually um that we've established they know but it's the first time i think that blanche is outright like you have to stop with these stories which is obviously like such a it's such a running thing throughout the series um so we're seeing that build for sure and and i mean we we did touch on this but the um the story that she's telling, I think, where they're all just exhausted is the Mills Freelander like ice cream shop and tackle shop or something. Like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. great. <laughs> 
listen, St. Olive's really small. You know, you have to really combine everything. Yeah. Um, and the helmet with the yeah. horns at the very end of the episode. And, and Rose is like, it's long and it's, it's so, like, it really, like, leads <laughs> the faces, in. Yeah. The faces in that, in that uh, exchange is fantastic. Dorothy just disgusted. A huge, perfect pause. Perfect timing pause. What is called long and <laughs> Rose's, like, lips are all pursed tight, like, uh, like with Dr. Jonathan Newman being invited to dinner. It's so great. great. I know. Um, yeah, I, I actually back on the chopped nuts thing. I went at the <laughs> end when Blanche just like, I may get a little crazy with the chopped nuts. Um, Rose actually leaves the room, which is <laughs> so great. Like, I, I kind of forget. I, I always remember that line that like callback where Blanche is just taunting her, but she actually gets up <laughs> and leaves the room, which I think again, in that one, two beat, you know, uh, joke combo is the, actually the funnier bit of the two. It's great. And, and I mean, um, also in the kitchen when Blanche is after she's, you know, waiting to tell them what happened and Rose goes on another one of her like extremely tangential stories about how she ended oh, up man. winning the tickets and Blanche is just like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Please. I cannot bear that again. It's, I mean, Oh God, that, that whole story is, is fantastic. It's um, it's one of the, my, my favorite exchanges. And it's also Talk, like let's focus on that for a minute the feeling when you're talking about how like you know back in the day you had to stay online for, or on the phone for tickets like talk about not having text messaging or even cell phones and the feeling of like having to wait for someone to come home to tell them a story or like to tell them something exciting that happened in your day like you you held all of this in <laughs> for every stupid thing that happened or every hilarious moment and like if you live with someone roommates or otherwise you would just have to wait until they came home <laughs> to talk to them about your day and the fact that all like three of them have a really exciting day actually all four of them really come in and like try to like talk over each other and like get caught up in the moment it's just perfect that's that's exactly what it would have been like yeah no it's definitely it's very relatable um and uh I think also we haven't talked about this yet, but the Southern accent is room was Rue McClanahan's idea. And I think that it is just so useful and I mean, it makes the character, (laughs) but in that, the, the um, bim, bam, boom, she won the ticket, like that whole exchange, the accent is like crucial. She goes, get your behunkus back here. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Um, Okay. So should we talk about Professor Cooper? Yeah, and let's cover first. So what degree is Blanche getting here? Like, did she graduate from college? <laughs> Honestly, I thought, I don't know. She went to Miss MacGyver's finishing school. She's gone to a lot of different <laughs> educational institutions, so it's hard to say, like, and she was in a sorority, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's like you're pulling up her CV. Yeah. Right now. You're just like, I'm not, it's a little murky here. <laughs> Deleted by authority of the governor. Um, yeah. She's like, I'll always have my degree, you know, and like, it's just, it's a, it's a substantial degree. This is not a certificate for this promotion that she's looking for. You know um, it's just kind of fa- fascinating. We sort of breeze over that, but anyway, um, so she has to take, you know, she, she flunks this test and it is not, proving to be um you know a good sign for her passing the course uh i think right rose like look at the bright side it's just one test and then blanche goes into the whole thing about how it actually will trickle down to ruin her degree and her promotion at the museum she's like oh i guess there is no (laughs) so innocent (laughs) but yeah 
So, so anyway, so yeah, Professor Cooper, what a tickle. what a creep. Um, yeah, so he like, I feel like his whole presence, like before he even speaks, is like you know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, it's coming here. <laughs> yeah, he's very skin crawl. Yeah, and he's like almost um not a caricature, but he's definitely more of an extreme than I think you would encounter in in real life. Um, yeah, but the depiction that I think is super realistic um although he's a little disorganized is when Blanche decides to report it and the guy the dean I think is like oh you know I don't know what we should do like I just started basically brushing it off as though it was like a pretty minor thing um Mm -hmm. which is you know sort of what we were talking about in the beginning like that is often how women who are sexually harassed are treated when they go to authority and it's like right if they even feel that they can go to authority. Right, which she struggles with. Of course. Yeah, exactly. And she's encouraged by Dorothy to do that, um, which, <laughs> if I may just interject, uh, the fact that Dorothy had previously been sexually harassed at a teaching gig by <laughs> um, <laughs> the principal in a corset and high heels. And this is the part where I was like, I'm not quite sure if all of the humor is not played into the actual harassment. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, whole, that whole part, she's like, I wasn't the only one he, uh, he harassed, but I was the only one he harassed wearing a corset and high heels. And then B. Arthur just stares this long stare in silence like she's replaying the entire scene in her mind and then just like shakes it off it's like anyway yeah (laughs) it's it's such a fucking real moment where you're like oh i have a story about that relevant from my life and then you're like oh wow haven't thought about that in a long time yeah and you know (laughs) what um i think is so realistic too about this whole thing is like blanche isn't sure she's gonna i mean i don't think she's ever seriously considering it but i do think there's a moment where she's like weighing the option of going out with him or whatever for the grade and like you know the shame of that and and the willingness i think to address that in in even though it's a light sitcom way is um really really incredibly progressive um because i think that like a lot of women that's what where the shame comes from right it's like you Mm -hmm. put yourself in this position which obviously she did not but I think that right um that's like the psyche of harassment and why it's so hard to reconcile with exactly exactly and going back to like what you were saying about the authority figure of like I think again this could play out exactly today like he actually does say something like oh that's terrible you know like he he reacts in the way that you would expect the authority to figure it, to react. And she's like, yes, it is. Like, let's get to the bottom of this. Now it sounds like you're on my team. And then he stops when she's like, there aren't any witnesses, right? So this talk of witnesses being needed, which of course is not how harassment works. Right. <laughs> it's just like, you're not doing it for an audience. It's the same thing with street cat calling in harassment's world, you know, where you're just like, okay, I'm walking down the street with my husband. Like this guy is not going to say shit to me because I'm my husband's property. But as soon as I'm by myself, that's when he feels the need to pitch in. Like, it's just, it's, it's all insane. So the talk of witnesses being needed literally stops him in his tracks. And he's like, well, I mean, it's, it's your word against his which again super relevant and he his argument for not following through with the accusation is he says a man's career is at stake which of course is like we constantly hear oh ruin a man's career yeah with sexual harassment charges just like our president of the united states you know i mean it's like it's insane um but blanche's retort again play it's so progressive here she goes well so is mine because it is this this whole 
insane weird like you know degree that she needs because she didn't get it at miss macgyver's finishing school (laughs) is because of her career progression she's actually trying for a promotion and so i thought that was awesome and of course then she says not to mention my dignity which of course is like the real piece here but i love that she actually talks about how this hurts her career as well yeah no it's it's so progressive and and i mean yeah like you said like professor cooper is probably on the short list for a Supreme Court pick at this point. Like, you know, it's yeah, so exactly. prevalent. Such an admirable yeah. man. And they um they do a good job though, I think, because I you know, I don't think that anybody would have called the show out for this, but um I think they're really careful not to like shade teachers as a um like, you know, oh, as yeah, a yeah. profession because Dorothy also talks about the teacher that she had um who ended up in Wode Island who, you know, like had a <laughs> profound impact on her. And so I think they do a good job yeah. with like making sure Yeah, definitely. It. Yeah. Well, and it's also college, right? It's adult education, literally <laughs> the punny title, adult education. But, you know, I, I think they do a good job and I, uh, that never entered my mind. I also, of course, love teachers, but, you know, <laughs> there's that. Um, but, and, but it's like, what's interesting is, um, I think, it, I mean, it shames deans, if anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> this dean is useless. Loser dean. Um, the guy who's never heard about 7D. Um, also, the dean, this is another thing of this ridiculous standard where he's like, sorry, the man's career is at stake. We can't do it. He equates not hearing about a sex move in life to being sexually Ugh. harassed as like both equal, like life's not fair. Which is so <laughs> like, masculine, and, like on. so. In- oh, yeah. My white man plight that I, I didn't know about this doinking move uh, is exactly the same as Blanche being sexually harassed. It's not fair. Life's not fair. Equal playing field. Oh yeah. My God. Nobody's bonging the Dean. <laughs> Sorry to him. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not his wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other the, <laughs> we were talking about what parts of this episode you know like how how they actually make light of, of the very heady topic um obviously through the b story but even in in the sexually harassing story <laughs> one of my favorite ones is honestly where they you know like blanche is presenting it to the girls as like this is what happened right you told me to go talk to the professor and this is what happened what should i do <laughs> sophia just gets up and has like a drive-by comment as she exits the room and says get it in writing <laughs> which like i mean it's absurd on so many levels but it's just like it's like look if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it this way you know it's contractual obligation it's just it's perfect i love that that particular bit yeah it's great and i like the feminist perspective of this is so great because it's so realistic right like blanche is hurt and shocked and and at one point doesn't really know what to do but she you know decides that she's not gonna like take this she's gonna study she's gonna get the grade and she starts with the dean i think right like when she goes to report it and he's like oh i've never even heard of 7b and she's like well you can go do it to yourself and that's i think when she turns or or honestly doesn't even turn because she already has by going there but that's when she's like okay the whole system is built against me so how what can i do yep exactly and in her speech at the end where she's like it actually thinking of this motivated me to you know to push on and do it the right way and of course again that's not an opportunity for most women who have been sexually harassed in this way right like you can't reclaim it automatically by like i'll just do the straight narrow thing like rose says you know that kind of thing but in this case it works you know um and she you know he can kiss her a which is a wonderful wonderful little pun by the writers there i'm very proud of them for getting that in um but 
but yeah, it's, it's like, it all builds up to her being, I think she actually says when she's telling the girls that she's like, I realized I, I can only rely on me and that's it. And I just had to, to do it myself, which is really so cool. great. Um, but then at the end, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like when you're like fixing a bathroom and then you celebrate the fact that you didn't fix it properly. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the end, you know, they're like, oh, you're going to get the promotion. You have a degree. It's amazing. And she's like, oh, didn't I tell you like this other lady got it because, you know, the money I spent on this college education, she spent on a tummy tuck and a butt lift. And it's like played for laughs, but it's like literally the theme of getting ahead with your body. <laughs> And winning I know. Like, it's kind of an interesting it's kind of an interesting like i don't know if they actually did they they had to have known but that would sort of like undo the i don't know i maybe it doesn't undo but it definitely like hammers home that like hey sometimes the the you know women who do stuff with their bodies do actually win in the end uh over you who is doing the morally right thing you know it's just it's just kind of fascinating to me because it's played as these like one two jokes where she's like oh you know her you know her butt will turn to mush but i'll always have my degree and everybody's like ha, 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 ha. and you're like but wait yeah i feel like <laughs> what happened in the whole episode i feel like they were going for something there and it it missed it's like two steps forward one step back a little bit with like you yeah, know pretty women exactly. are always gonna get it don't even try <laughs> Like I maybe there aren't people thinking as hard I guess about this not. as we are, but still, <laughs> I suppose not. Um, um, one other uh, scene that I just want to mention here too is is one of my favorites, and it's just such a, a great scene of again, like Sophia being cantankerous and get it in writing. You know, she's <laughs> Rose is asking her what she's doing. She's like, "It's Tuesday night. I'm cleaning out my purse," <laughs> which is just a perfect little old lady thing, and like that absolutely. <laughs> was like both of my grandmothers and one in particular I'm sure like had this routine down you know like this is just this is life and this is what I'm doing to take care of my little life you know my little corner um but she's like why are you in such a bad mood she goes forgive me Rose but I haven't had sex in 15 years and it's starting to get on my nerves <laughs> there's a lot of um, lines in this one uh that I feel like have been terms turned into memes um there's that one and then oh, there's yeah. also the part where Dorothy's on the phone and she's like you can only hear her side of the conversation she's like no i will not have a nice day <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly that's true but they're yeah they're just perfect little quip lines that don't have to play off each other and it's it's just lovely it's a great I one i i really like this one a lot is that it i think so okay we'll sign off and uh join us next time when we discuss using either a heating pad or a vibrator to heal the <laughs> flu <laughs> bye everybody <laughs>